realize how incredible this is? Welcome to DS9. It's a podcast. <laughs> Please! I can subscribe. Please! I do appreciate making new friends whenever I can. <laughs> All right. Well, there that was with our new jingle. Were you able to hear it, Joe? Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good to bring that Cardassian uh, garment guy because I totally yes. forgot about him. We forgot about him. He was our favorite character in the early going, and he uh, has not returned, I don't think, since that one episode. Yeah. Our sort of sw- swishy, dandy, duplicitous dressmaker. You could even say um, the Cardassians were supposed to be a significant race or antagonist, but uh, they're gone. I don't. I mean, yeah, I know we don't we don't see much of them, but uh, they'll return, I'm sure. Um, yep. Anyway, glad you enjoyed the updated jingle. I enjoyed putting it together. Yeah. Um. Here we are with episode eleven of our podcast, I believe, which means we are officially over the hump in terms of season one. Yep. Of DS- DS9 and DS9 Time with Joe and Thomas. So we're halfway there, Joe, uh, to get through season one, after which our whole world will bloom with pleasing flowers and aromas as uh, the show will get much, much better. With Yeah. So uh, looking back, what were some of your favorite moments of the, uh, the, the last 10 episodes? <laughs> Can we do that? A look back? <laughs> And on episode. A, a retrospective. Yeah. Yes, and we should give it we should give each other lifetime achievement awards for our work on the podcast. Yeah. Um lots of favorite moments. I don't know. My favorite moments are the two of us laughing at all the goofiness going on and the strange acting moments and bizarre decision making. Um mm. uh, I sometimes look back at episode one and just remember how totally bizarre it was and completely unlike the rest of the episodes <laughs> it was just a crazy you know tornado of different things happening and intense scenes and bizarre acting in new places so i guess after after that aired they told him to the network said let's pump the brakes on all that a little bit and just kind of keep it on the space station i look back at like the q episode and still think like why did they um it's almost like they thought the ship was like on fire we're taking on water and we're like exploding at the same time somebody pulled a emergency cable or something because it's such a random uh (laughs) like well we we can only use this once so really you want to use on an episode like five or something like yeah yeah we got to do it quick somebody we need something we're taking on water (laughs) yeah they're just like (laughs) we need yeah we're we need to get our head above water just give us another week to come up with something like okay here we only use q once here you go right and then it's just a nothing episode i don't know (laughs) they were probably like can we get uh, can we get Patrick Stewart to come back for an episode or Gates McFadden? Yeah. Maybe or no, no Q Q. We'll get Q. Uh, everybody loved Q. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they uh they emptied the chamber of that bullet early. Yeah, uh, totally. What, I don't know if he's gonna be back. I don't know if he's gonna be back. Um, yeah, I also feel like uh um O'Brien is a little underutilized. I think he's one of the better actors on the show. So mm. hopefully he has a more prominent role moving forward and once again uh far down the line we're gonna have Worf on the show as a series regular at some point so look forward to that because he's always delightfully kind of grumpy he's gonna be always on he's like gonna join as a main character oh really i think so i mean i could be wrong maybe he's just like a very frequently appearing guest star but it seems that i i I, my 
understanding was that he's a, a regular, like in season three, four, or five, mm. and beyond. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't done a lot of, you know, digging about the show on Wikipedia and whatnot, just because, uh, you know, we want it all to come organically. Yep, that's exactly what I want. And uh, I've actually decided with this... Uh... This episode eleven, you said. Uh, I've decided to mm-hmm. that. I've decided that uh, I like this show, hey. and, that, and that I like this episode. Okay, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. good. It I was, actually uh... don't like it. I hate it. But I decided oh. <laughs> for the podcast that I do like it because why not start like in that position for the sake of the audience? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's like the great Doobie Brothers song. You know, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Uh, oh. Maybe that's not the Doobie Brothers, but that is the line. <laughs> so the one we're with is Deep Space Nine, so let's love it. Yeah. Yeah, I did think it was better, though. There's some good things happening, good developing of the series, I think, going on. The production design looks better. The lighting is a little more sort of interesting and contrasty. Um, and I think that the show is sort of developing its look. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the creature makeup is looking really good at this point, I think. Um, mm-hmm. The new creatures we meet in this episode um who are the miradorns and uh that other character what's his name croden whatever his yeah. name is they both look good <laughs> Croden. oh my gosh should we start with that yeah that's actually a significant uh part um so mm-hmm. yeah this episode was much more like i don't know linear i guess and f- focused on the character uh mm-hmm. um just i still have three or four just odd acting and uh lines spoken but they start okay. with these new these new aliens and um let's see here we go so here i have a photo it's not not a not a video yet but uh this uh is a new alien and uh, how would you uh there he is if you, had, if you had to paint a picture with the words what would you how would you explain <laughs> these aliens <laughs> <laughs> i would describe that as a, a gluteal pate <laughs> 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 oh my god or as biff tannen from uh from uh back to the future might say uh butthead perhaps uh hairy <laughs> yeah. ass crack forehead <laughs> so listeners he's got two bulbous lobes or regions of the forehead <laughs> that protrude out and then his hair his widow's peak goes down and you know slips in penetrates between the two bulbs down to the ridge of the nose so it's like it's very cleavage-ish like bummy cleavage <laughs> with penetrating hair (laughs) these aliens have a anus an anus in their in their forehead (laughs) it's just no other way to explain it oh there is a bit of puckering there at the bottom isn't there (laughs) yeah are you kidding me yeah of course (laughs) even like the shading they they like put oh it's just like oh no and there's certain shots shots where the camera is angled like down at them (laughs) and i'm like are Mm -hmm. you pointing that are you pointing that at me on purpose is this like the alien giving the audience a middle finger (laughs) but uh (laughs) clearly is so it's like the last episode the whole all the aliens had uh, a common theme of sort of scrotal sort of influence (laughs) on the way everything looks and now this one it's gonna be uh gluteal and anal inspired (laughs) creature makeup yeah this guy Uh, so the same makeup guy i have to assume he's continuing his exploratory series of the i'll say genitalier of different uh (laughs) of no human uh anatomy put thrust into the faces of uh of aliens 
Yeah. And so this might be an early shot of him. Okay, that's definitely like aliens or ass ass head faces. Um, but then if you look at it again, there's another another shot or another clip or something where it's like actually it's not. It's it's kind of like a combined like uh like clitoral. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the it's nose, graphic. The nose it's is like a va- is. vaginal with a combined hybridized like clitoris and and anus like put together <laughs> are you looking at and you see it you don't see uh, it i i do uh i do i do <laughs> i do because it's got the two orbs they meet they've got the hair that creeps down they've got the puckering bits which is a round <laughs> yeah. sphincterish sort of thing and then a little ridge below yeah there's a canal and it does look like below the it. Of his nose is a little bit labionic <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. all these words, graphic words I get to invent with this show. Who knew? <laughs> this DJ's night would be so dirty. Yeah, uh, yeah that's totally yeah. what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's some sexy stuff. It's very, you know, sexy in the technical term. Um, yeah. There's something else about the creature makeup for these Miradorns that bugs me a little bit, bothers me. I'm going to pull it up for you right now if I can do it precisely. I'm going to play this clip for just a half sec. Mute it. Sorry. Sorry, listener. Here we go. Here we go. Here it comes. So it has to do with his neck region. So we, obviously we've got the gluteal and anal forehead business. But now they've got a bit of, a, um, you know, jewelry that they wear, these Miradorns. It's a choker. It's like a, you know, metal-plated oh, choker. Yep. Yeah. But it's it's clearly something they put on. It's not part of their anatomy. But as you can see, their neck tendons, you know those things that pop out sort of below your chin when people get really intense, these little neck tendons that pop out? Mm-hmm. Well, they're detached from the body, apparently, or from the neck flesh in this particular race. And they, they thread their metal chokers behind their neck tendons and then around their neck. Oh, what the hell? Um, in a way that's pretty off-putting i think can you see it can you zoom in on the image uh, i'm looking at here i don't know notice uh, that but i'll i'll try it's to a little creepy it. anyway it kind of bugs me it kind of bugs me a little bit yeah they're sort of chokers that are threaded behind their neck tendons yeah so Ooh, and I get a, i'm getting a closer look at his sort of clitoral area on his <laughs> it's really intense <laughs> And jeepers. Oh, so these aliens I called the 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 clitorini. The clitorini. <laughs> singular would be the clitorinus is <laughs> And that was just like uh you know, then I thought like, okay, you know, we get it. I see what you're doing there. You got us with the scrotal scrotal guys last time. Mm-hmm. Um but then like um if if you're done talking about him, I've got I've got the other alien. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so this guy I was like Okay, now you're fucking with me, right? Like, come on. You're going to put a, clit- a clitoranus on one guy and then a full-on uterus on the other? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do see it. You know, I don't uh, see these things until you point them out, but he definitely has the sort of, you know, Texas Longhorn's uterine shape on his forehead. Yeah. That's the, sort of... Down his nose of... is the uterus, which uh, I guess is the cervix at the top, but then the, the, the fallopian tubes... To two uh, ovaries are the above his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, it looks like exactly like a diagram. And I I'm see like, in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do see it, listeners. I suppose you could Google image search the name Croden, C R O D E N, to uh, have a reference point for some of the creature makeup we're looking at here. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, a, a frumpily worried sort of fallopian forehead. He does. <laughs> and then and a big, big hairdo. Big yeah. sort of uh, Bee Gees do. Um, mm-hmm. You recognize this actor from other things? You know what? He reminds me of a, of a guitar player I like. His kind of drawl and over enunciation of things reminds me of, mm-hmm. but it's not. I mean, I'm ninety percent ninety percent sure it's not that guy. But well, yeah. this guy was he was a musician in the '60s um, and played with several prominent acts. Uh, oh, really? Singer of the 1960s rock group Clearlight. His name is um, Cliff DeYoung. Uh, very successful character actor. Played a lot of dads in the 1980s. I think most famously he was the dad in Flight of the Navigator. Oh, uh, but did a lot of other TV and supporting roles in movies. And yeah, he was a lead singer of a 60s rock group, Clearlight, so says Wikipedia. Uh, they played a lot with The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Um, so maybe that's the same guy you're thinking of? No, the guy... I, no. There's another guy who I like who's, who's younger, but uh, yeah, that's, that's... Wow, wow, it's a coincidence. Yeah. Well, they must have similar sort of rock star demeanors. That's the similarities you're seeing. Um, I like him as an actor. I think he's good. It was, it's always nice to see sort of familiar faces pop up in, in the guest starring roles on the yeah. show. And, uh, well, that's all I got on the uh, hair and makeup of uh, hmm. these guys. But uh, <laughs> what the hell? What else? What, what else can they do? What will the next aliens be? It'll just be like, uh, right. what? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we haven't seen anything particularly penile yet. <laughs> Someone with just like a like a dick coming out of their head, <laughs> that you're like, okay, come on, this is like, why would you evolve with that? That's with those? not subtle at all. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, we've got the Klingon boob windows. That was a big part of the early uh, podcast. Um, yep. But that's literal boobs. Um. So. Yeah, I think we're just uh yeah. We're short on uh, dick and boobs on foreheads in terms of the creature makeup. We've yeah. got all all other uh, naughty areas covered. And I even thought of this, like you know, we were com- we were shitting all over the. Um, remember the game episode, the run along yes. home, and those Alabarain, a- Alabarain. Yeah. Those aliens were so just like lame and stupid, and it's just like, okay, yeah. makeup guy, Lazy. work your magic, and he just put some like temporary tattoos on their head and gives them all mullets mm-hmm. or something. I was like, okay, you're fired. <laughs> I mean, we got to do something because that episode was garbage. So then they hire this like sexed up, like uh, obsessed artiste. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing genitals everywhere. That's how we take the show to the next level. <laughs> well, it works. It's thought provoking. It's conversationally uh, productive. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's intense. Yep. Um, so before I even get into the story, which was, uh, you know, I, I, I like it because I like this show. Oh, good show. I like this episode. Got a change of heart. But I don't. Oh. Really, I don't. But, uh, here's a new thing I thought of. It's called Out of Context, Out of Context Odo. Okay. And so I clipped this, clipped this part. Here we go. He looks away whenever we make eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) I love our new segment, Out of Context Odo. Odo. Oh my gosh, that's great. He looks away whenever I make eye contact. 
And if if someone you knew said that to you, you're like, what is he supposed to do? Lock eyes with you? <laughs> <Or something? laughs> I know. It's like... Do you want him to hold sustained <laughs> eye contact? Like, that, yeah, Odo, that's what normal people do. If yeah. some creepy guy <laughs> with a face like yours like makes penetrating eye contact with you from across a room, you're going to look away. That doesn't mean he's a villain. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, this time, maybe it does mean that he was up to something, but... Yeah. And then, like, for uh, Quark's face there... <laughs> So Quirk's funny. face is pretty good. He's like, he's uh, like yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> so like Odo's staring at people because that's what he does. He's like, he looks away from you every time our our, our eyes meet. <laughs> oh my God, Odo, cool. come on. Odo's creepy. He's creepy and a creep. Um, he's got, He has some personal growth in this episode, though, uh, in terms of warming up to somebody he was very skeptical of. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that aspect of this this, uh, this episode. But yeah, this was very Odo centric. The whole show is very Odo centric. He's kind of the main character. I mean, where was Cisco in this whole episode? Like, was he in it? I guess he was in it a little bit for some expository stuff. Yeah. But um, I've got uh, I got uh, three clips from Cisco. <laughs> you got really... a couple Cisco clips? Okay, good. Oh yeah, totally balanced. It it it. I mean, it's halfway through. I think Cisco comes in and. And then you're just like, what? Again, I'm like, and let me just say, like, I think, you know, I'm pretty harsh that, um, I don't know why I get so confused, like watching this show. I'm not like thinking so hard about it. I'll just literally hear something. I'm like, wait, what did he say? Wait, what are they doing? And then it'll, I'll like, wait, I'll try to back up and I'm like, how does this make sense? Wait, what? Huh? And so Cisco has like, um, he's got, uh, two i think that are like what <laughs> like what are, oh there what was you... one moment i'm remembering you probably clipped it go on um yes, he has a very strange pronunciation of a word yeah yeah but that, that's more or mine are like in part of the plot but i got one more out of context uh out of context oh, yes we're back here. in our uh, out of context is... out of context odo odo yeah or this one's out of context the croton guy the the uteri okay. Or you, the you, uter, uter, uteronian, Croton like of the fallopian spear. <laughs> yeah. So he has this little mini monologue. Imagine my surprise when I discovered that the necks of the security officers were no more difficult to cut than the birds, even the sound they made as the blade crossed their gullets were similar. Oh. <laughs> Okay, wow. dude, uh, that was right. improv. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a something to drop on somebody on a first date. It's like their first spin in the runabout. Yeah, um, I know that little monologue was kind of amazing. I kind of wanted to take it and go, like you know, apply to Juilliard with it or something, or read for a play with it. Imagine my surprise when their necks cut as easily as the chickens or whatever he says. Yeah, and I don't. It's. Uh, here I am. I don't know why uh, he's trying to. In the end, he's trying well, to win. He's trying to win him over. He's trying to exactly. My, my plan is to get this guy to come with me, because mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's I want to get this guy come. Trying to get him to, you know, you're gonna have to like do do something pretty big for me at the end. But I'm gonna tell you how I I enjoy the sound of murder and. <laughs> Just, and even Odo's I freaked know. out like what the hell am I in with this guy I know Odo the ultimate creepazoid is like okay 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that was confusing because he's trying to win over Odo. And Odo is sort of being swayed over to being sympathetic to this guy. And prior to this line, he's talking about how, you know, if you make an offense against the government on my homeworld, they don't kill you, they kill your family. Um, so I guess he's talking about how he would kill the security guards who were going to kill or did kill his family. Um, but yeah. he says it in such a sinister and sort of gleefully gruesome way that it's like, mm, you are a psychopath, kind of, right? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. turns out he's not, uh, as we find out later in the episode. Right, yeah. Uh, which now, yeah, let's jump into the episode. I think, I think that's all I got. Uh, that's just totally <laughs> detached from the story, but uh, right. what? Yeah, what the hell is going on? What What do you think? What's the beginning, or what's it? What's going well? On? I can just uh, give you a, a little uh, sort of logline and synopsis briefly of the episode, which is you know newcomers arrive at the space station through the wormhole. Of course, uh, uh, the two guys with the sort of uh, labial anal business yeah. on the forehead, <laughs> the clitorinae. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and um, the guy with the fallopian tube forehead. And the Klator and I meet with Quark to sell him or to purchase some artifact, and then the, uh, the, uh, the fallopian tuber uh, shows up and gets into a kerfuffle. Uh, he wants to steal it from them, and then one of the Miradorns, we'll just start calling them the Miradorns, yeah. um, you know, responds violently and ends up getting killed. Uh, after Odo shows up to try and break up the melee. But Odo's interference actually resulted in the Miradorn being killed. As it turns out, the one Miradorn that killed is the twin brother of the other Miradorn, and he's like, we're both was one in my species. We're not separate. You've killed half of my being. I must kill the person who did this. So he wants to kill Croden. And, uh, yeah, things ensue from there. Croden, also the big reveal... Sorry, listeners, for this very convoluted and confusing synopsis. But the big reveal is that uh, Croden, this traveler... Uh, knows of other shapeshifters, other uh, people like Odo. So that's what he uses to get Odo to kind of come over to his side or help him. Um, and he's got this little charm around his neck, which moves and shapeshifts in a similar way to Odo. So it's like it's from his homeworld or from his culture. Right. And this guy uses the promise of meeting other shapeshifters to lure Odo into helping him escape the Miradorn guy. Yeah. And ultimately find his daughter who was hiding in cryostasis on an asteroid and then it ends and Odo gives him to the Vulcans instead of turning him over to the Miradorn to be killed. Um, so that's the whole episode. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, let's see here. I, well, I have a clip here. Oh, oh no, it's gone. Okay. Well, like, yeah. So two shady twins show up, which I think they're doing that yes. Hollywood magic where it's only one actor, but they're like overlapping oh. it. I think because okay. when when they first appear, they're supposed to look at each other, but they look like past each other. I think, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Like uh, I, that's what I thought. This must be one guy, but they're somehow double. They probably did. It. Yeah, I think they would have, since they are supposed to be two parts of one being. They would probably, you know, choose to do the sort of fake twins thing, the Hollywood split screeny thing. Yeah, especially I remember the one twins barely in it. When you would do that in your old videos, we were like, how is he mm -hmm. doing that? <laughs> He's magical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the aliens are going to broker this, this fancy thing. Yeah. 
oh man, here I go. I it's... don't know what happened, and I can't f- puzzle <laughs> it out. Like, well, also Quark. Quark is big in this episode, so as always, we're unsure if Quark is being a scoundrel or if he's being an honest, good person. And he always turns out to, you know, you're a scoundrel, but not in the worst way that makes us stop liking him, I guess. Um, so he was plotting with Croden to steal the artifact. Um, yeah, he... and things, things just go sideways and it ends up in one of these Miradorns being killed and that forces a sort of violent confrontation. Yeah, he brokers, I'll buy this thing from you. They show up. He's like, I don't want it anymore. So they're pissed right. off. And then Croden shows up saying, hey, I'm going to rob you guys. Give me that. And then it, and it doesn't go according to plan. But, but the original plan was he just, they give it up and he takes it. And then, and then Quark helps him get away. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. But uh, it just seems like kind of a flimsy plan. Well, you know, things happen. Um, yeah, it's not rock solid. Uh, but it worked well enough for me. I enjoyed that, uh, you know, the Croden fellow was, you know, duplicitous in his actions, but ultimately it was all in, um, part of his effort to recover his daughter, who he had saved from those murderous security guards who he had, you know, gleefully slashed the throats of. Um, right. And so when... Odo meets Croden and Croden's daughter, who he wakes up from cryosleep on the planet where he told him the other shapeshifters would be, but there wouldn't. Uh, then Odo sees that, like, you know, he loves his daughter, obviously. This was all so he could save her. And so rather than handing him over to be killed by the Mirador, and he's like, uh, he gives them to the Vulcans because a passing Vulcan ship just happened to be there. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, hey, can you take these two? And they said, yes, we can. Um... It was the first time we've seen a Vulcan on Deep Space Nine, I believe. Is that correct? Mm, other than that sexy one that, uh, what what's sexy his name? Vulcan? Remember they, uh, the two boys were like scoping out, or like oh. you know, looking at, uh, what is the word? Uh, ogling, leering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't remember her. Um, well, this is the first Vulcan with lines. We'll yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of cool for the view screen to go on and to see a Vulcan sitting there. It was kind of cool. I forget what her name was, but she was pretty badass. Yeah, and she had a different uniform. Like, there, she's not Federation. She's like, we're, we're yeah, not, we're like something else. I don't know. They're part of the independent Vulcan sort of consortium or something. Yeah, that that did occur to me. It's like, well, wait, the Vulcans are part of the Federation, so shouldn't she be a Federation person? But she's not. So mm. that did raise a question for me about the larger sort of. Uh, goings on in the in the Star Trek universe, but I don't, yeah. I don't think we have an answer for that. The um, the plan I thought Quark's plan blew up. It's all this trouble happened because his plan blew up in his face. And I thought of another plan that a uh, Quark had. Um, if you uh, remember <laughs> him from this, uh, here I got a clip here. Step down. Well, Kramer, I think we got this wrapped up. Yeah. What's your read, Stan? What? It's Seinfeld. Close. You're on the green. That's right. You just have to go for the cup. <laughs> so this is the Seinfeld where uh, <laughs> they 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 want to sue the the woman for wearing a bra in public, and then uh, mm-hmm. you know they're gonna win the case and make a bunch of money. But then Stan is Kramer's caddy, his golf caddy, who tells him, "No, have him have her put the bra on, like the O.J. Simpson trial, put the glove right. on." Mm-hmm. And that guy is Quark. 
It is. Yeah. And he's like doing very quirky things. He's kind of like sneaking, whispering, duplicitous sort of guy. Uh, it's totally him. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but did the plan work? Did the plan work out in the episode of Seinfeld? Ooh. What do you mean? Have a try on the bra. See if it fits. No, 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 no. Do it, Jackie. Stan's the man. Stan? Who the hell is Stan? He's my caddy. Your caddy? This is a big mistake. Look at... Look at... <laughs> so the episode ends with she puts the bra over the clothes. And, oh, it doesn't fit. And it doesn't fit. Yeah. Right. So they lose big time thanks to Quark or Stan. <laughs> That was a good episode of Seinfeld. I think I remember also that uh, Newman uh, was in this episode, and he was, you know, Newman. Hello, Newman. He's the sort of heavier fellow. Oh, yeah. Um, he uh, was one of the main characters in Oliver Stone's JFK, who was part of the sort of, you know, uh, demonstration of how the bullet passes through the neck and the hand, the magic bullet that makes a turn or whatever. Yep. Um, and so they do a send-up of that scene in this episode of Seinfeld and have him do that with somebody spitting i think it yeah. was so they like sit <laughs> yeah. down in the same way it was kind of funny yeah funny cinematic homage uh this you might be wondering i'm showing you some glasses when they broker mm-hmm. the deal they've got these tall glasses and this was significant because uh my mom has these same glasses really and, and <laughs> they're that, nice yeah Better check them <laughs> check them make sure they're all real glasses yeah there's these square bottom tall uh glasses and uh mm-hmm. they might not be exactly the same they look pretty they look like very square on top i don't know maybe my mom's were more round but they, i was like oh that's our glasses cool so, uh yep there that helps why i like this show because <laughs> <laughs> you do you like deep space nine say it you uh, like it um uh, it's going one, down <laughs> one question came up for me regarding those glasses when i was watching so, yes, we talked about the scene where they were doing a transaction, a shady transaction with this thing, and then Croton comes in and upsets it, and then Odo shows up and sort of causes a kerfuffle that ends up with the Miradorn dying. So he actually caused the death of the Miradorn, if you ask me, Odo did. But Mir- uh, Odo showed up in the scene by morphing to full Odo size from one of those glasses. So he was hiding uh, as a drinking glass. Yeah. Um. Which made me question the sort of nature of matter in <laughs> the Star Trek universe. Because, uh, you know, my thought would be that he has to, um, you know, assume the form of something that is equal matter to himself or equal weight, I guess. Uh, what's is there? A, there's a scientific word I should be saying. I'm not. Equal uh, mass. Sorry. Equal like, mass. Yeah. Items matter cannot mass. be destroyed. It can only be converted or something like that. Or I don't even know. Something like that. But anyway, so if that's the, the case, then that, that was a really heavy drinking glass. Oh, um, I see. Huh. So that yeah. would be like, you know, a 180-pound drinking glass. Uh, and as we know from later in the episode, when uh, Croton helps carry Odo to safety after he's hit by a big tumbling rock, uh, Croton says, you're heavier than you look. So we know he weighs at least as much as a human. So yep. that would have been a very heavy drinking glass. That... Um, Oh, I'm glad you segued to that too, because I I didn't clip it, but I thought like if he gets knocked out by a rock, shouldn't he turn yeah. into his puddly bucket m- sleep mode? Yeah, when he, it when brings he sleeps. up all these questions. It's like does he he doesn't have a brain to rattle up against the inside of his skull to be concussed and knocked out? He's goo. Oh, so why <laughs> would a falling boulder hurt him? 
Yeah. Uh, maybe when he shapeshifts into humanoid form, he assumes the sort of, you know, uh, vulnerabilities of a humanoid form. So he did get concussed and knocked out. Mm. But that doesn't seem too sciencey to me. Seems um, like he would have been okay. Yeah, he gets hit really good too. Like the like I was like, "Whoa, that looks that looks like a real hit with a heavy rock." Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. then and then he's unconscious. They drag him into the ship. He wakes up and like I thought, "Oh wait, if he sleeps, he we do know he sleeps cuz he sleeps in a bucket." Uh yeah, why doesn't How does he in his unconsciousness stay in the humanoid shape? Good question. Good question. Outstanding questions. Yeah. Um, literally outstanding as in we're not going to get answers to these things. They will remain outstanding. Mm. Um, yeah. Mysterious character. And the science behind his fiction is wishy-washy. Yeah. But I suppose they don't want us to get hung up on these trivial matters too much, even though those are the things that catch me up when I'm watching science yeah, fiction. Yeah, I'm just log- saying... Logical leaps. I don't want to be too harsh on... I don't want to be harshing everyone's... Uh, good time uh but uh yeah that's a that's a a casual like didn't he say before he sleeps why doesn't he turn into ah who cares um (laughs) i do have i do have a funny one here this this uh clip here is where kind of the the jig is up everybody knows what went down quark is just smirking his way through like ha you'll never pin it on me and um they Mm -hmm. do have a dead body on their hands and cisco is kind of like chill about it and uh and here check here's how they discuss it i assume we are free to go do you have enough evidence to hold them constable as odo will be happy to confirm i was just as concerned as everyone else that this was a stolen object oh. <laughs> <laughs> i like his acting there and so I don't know if you caught the last word there. It was I a did. stolen objet da, and Cisco should say like, "What the <laughs> fuck did you just say to me?" Lock. Did this. you just say objet da? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I had to Google that. Yeah. And yeah, it's a uh, this Ferengi picks up some casual French yep. uh, objet de art, this artistic <laughs> thing, and uh, when he's in police custody and you know a murder is now with an alien race is on the thing he's throwing around casual french to the head <laughs> officer of the of the station and be like just just give this give this give this fucking asshole to those those clitoris assholes over right now get him off my bridge <laughs> throw him at the nearest airlock <laughs> yeah that's what i thought he should have said what did you just say <laughs> I know that made me stop and think. Also, objet d'art. I I have subtitles on when I when I watch and make notes, so I did see that it was oh. a French word that I was not totally aware of yet, and I was like, "Oh boy!" Well, <laughs> <laughs> the Ferengi's being kind of annoying, and maybe yeah. so is the writer. Yeah. So, dude, we all know you set it up with the other guy. Yeah. Why did the guy have the Ferengi gun? We can always assume that Quark is guilty of whatever Odo was suspicious of him doing, like always. Yeah, like, yeah, it is kind of funny. He has a business there, but this is kind of a government military place where if some kind of interspecies, interfederation government scandal happens, like uh, a world war could happen. Yeah. Like, uh, dude, 
you're freaking fucking us up over here. You need to be in jail for at least like a year over this. Yeah. Just because we say so. Well, also, you know, the end of the episode, the episode ends with Odo giving Croden to the Vulcans and letting him go. Uh, and he also kills the Miradorn, who is in pursuit, trying to, you know, avenge his dead twin, as is something their culture does. Um, so how's that going to fly? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not only with Cisco, when Odo comes back, it's like, Cisco's like, did you complete the mission and bring him to the Miradorns? It's like, no, actually, I gave him to the Vulcans and murdered the Miradorn. Yeah. Uh, you'd think there would be some consequences for that. Uh, certainly from the Miradorn would be pissed, I think. But maybe they're so far away because they're through the wormhole that the Miradorn you know, sort of society was not aware of what was going on. Um, oh, wait but... a second. Oh, oh, wait. Are they? They're on the other side of the wormhole, right? In that space cloud? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, the oh. vortex. The name of the episode is the vortex. Was the vortex on our side or the other side? I think it must wormhole? have been on the other side. Um, now so. I'm thinking it was. And then yeah. so the, the asshole right. ass face gets blown. <laughs> It's blown <laughs> and then he runs into Vulcans just like yeah he runs into Vulcans on the other side of the wormhole in the gamma quadrant and Vulcans are like hey mm-hmm. what's going on and like we got some aliens here you want to take them back to our our quadrant and they're like yeah sure we'll take them I mean if, <laughs> if they they don't belong there at all and but yeah <laughs> and yeah we got any paperwork it, no uh, well you know we'll work it out <laughs> sweep it under the rug Cisco seems like a sweeping under the rug kind of guy. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, I was hoping you would follow your orders and bring the bring Croden to the Miradorns as we agreed, uh, in order to maintain the peace between these two cultures, but you know, it's it's four fifty five already, so let's just go ahead and call it a day and wipe our hands of this whole affair. Yeah. There was a funny part where uh Cisco's trying to tell their Croden's government, we've got Croden who's like you know, seems like he killed someone, mm-hmm. and the other alien, the the other uteri, is 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 bitching him out like, "You give him over now! He's wanted for myriad crimes over here. He, our our crimes supersede whatever crime he did." And then he hangs up on him, <laughs> and I thought that'd be perfect timing. He looks over, Dax, like, "Well, someone's on the rag, I guess." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Some then, species woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, here's another. Uh, or do you have any clips or anything? Like? Well, I, I, got, I got a couple. I got this one queued up I can play. Um, this is a, a moment where uh, Crodin and Odo are on the runabout, sort of being attacked by the Miradorn, who's looking to avenge his twin. And uh, Odo is piloting the shuttlecraft, and he says a very Star Trekky line, which uh, made me made me smile. I enjoyed hearing it. Warning: shields at forty-one percent. Your computer's not going to outsmart him. I'm a security chief, not a combat. Then pilot. give me the controls. You, I can get us through the vortex. The I- anyway, I enjoyed that line. I'm a security chief, not a combat pilot. Yeah, they kind of, of um, he stomped on it. He didn't let it like. I, I know. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. I missed it. Yeah, the Croden kind of stepped on the end of the line, but yeah, it's of course a huge shout out to McCoy. You know, I'm a doctor, not a scientist. I'm a doctor, not a this and that. Yeah, I'm a security chief, not a combat pilot. Yeah, that's funny. Um, 
Well, is there some other things like that where they complain? Like that guy was a doctor. He would complain. Yeah, he was always grumpy. He was always grumpy and reluctant and didn't want to be there. He hated space. Didn't like the teleporters. We're talking about McCoy, of course, Kirk's best friend. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. And does that transfer over to anybody? Like, so Odo is kind of that. Odo's like, God damn yeah. it, I've you know whatever. Yeah, I guess uh, so. But who? Is there a parallel in the next generation of that? Of that um, sort of character who is just sort of like reluctant, doesn't really want to be here, but ultimately is very reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, huh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know. Worf is pretty grumpy and pissy and often talks back, uh, but he's yeah not quite the sort of rock of reliability that McCoy w- would have been. Um, but the direct analog to McCoy would be the doctor, Dr. Crusher, because she's the doctor. Uh, and McCoy was the doctor. And McCoy and Kirk were like best friends, basically. And similar dynamic between Picard and uh, Crusher. Hmm. They had more sort of sexual tension there. Mm. But long history, of course. Well, um, uh, speaking of famous lines, this one might go down in history uh, for this episode of DS9. Check this one out. Open. This is the Federation Starship Rio Grande attempting to make contact with the planet Rakar. Please respond. One of your people committed a homicide, and we have him in custody. His name is Croden. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Say it normal. Oh my God. <laughs> Do people say that? The only oh I've heard it one other time, and it was said in a in a you know uh, crass way. It was in a L.A. Confidential when um, mm. there's a guy who wants to be an actor or something, but you know they the somebody wrangles him to go like have sex with the um, in the closet like district attorney. And mm-hmm. then he does it, but then he's dead. He gets killed. And so then I think of one of the det- detectives says very like, oh, just another Hollywood homicide or something like that. Oh, no. And uh, that's, no. How, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's how Cisco says it. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. And <laughs> Yeah. Strange. Strange choice. Another weird choice. Weird acting Yeah. Choice. I have heard it pronounced that way in a non-sort of cutesy sort of homophobic way. Once before, which was an episode of Murder, She Wrote, or was it Columbo? I think it was Columbo, and the guest star in this particular episode was Johnny Cash, oh. who played, he played like a gospel, a famous like Christian gospel singer, hmm. uh, who had a controlling and domineering mother, who he schemed to murder by throwing her out of an airplane, Oh my God. which he does, he does in the beginning of the episode, and then Columbo's on to him. And Johnny Cash's character knows that uh, that he's on to him, and then he gets all puffed up and huffy about it and says, you're going to come at me for some homicide? Oh, uh, wait. So he says homicide. But that's the only other person in my 44 years of life that I've heard pronounced homicide, homicide. But that was um, a homophobic one? He was talking about his own mom, right? Yeah, no, he wasn't trying to like make any kind of homophobic oh, okay. remark. It was just he, pr- he pronounced homicide, homicide. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not totally wrong. I mean, it's totally wrong, but it's like, you know, ho- homo sapien, we pronounce homo sapien, uh, mm. homo, uh, homo well, homogenous. I think that that one, um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. The, 
Now, that one, homo, means like same, right? But I, yes. oh wait, what am I talking about? Hama, <laughs> I think Hama, H-O-M-I, it might mean like man or like person. Well, yeah, like H-O-M-M-E means person. Um, oh. I think H-O-M-O. It says Latin, ho- oh, well, homo is also man. Wait, what the hell? Uh, Hamit. Uh, homo is man is that right <laughs> i thought homo is same or something like that i always thought it was same because like homogenized milk it's like it's made all the same like shaken up really good to be all the same or something yeah uh, uh well this ruin uh, okay i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> homo sapien i'm not sure what the i always assumed it meant same oh so like uh, homicide means killing someone like you killing one of the same but maybe it means man yeah, well, I thought um, maybe because he's he's like a he's a musician or he's classical trained that like I think in it in, in like Italian like uomo means man no. maybe he's like it's a homo it's a uomo side or something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know maybe I no, don't think I don't know yeah try, I don't but, think so it's just I mean there's some over uh, over enunciation going on in, yeah we're we're <laughs> working hard homo, here folks too homo um, side is uh, is part of it. Oh, but another thing that was funny in that clip that is funny is that he says his first thing like, hello, this is Commander whoever from this whatever we're in a little ship. Mm-hmm. He looks over at Dax and she shakes her head. I didn't hear anything either, <laughs> if that's what you're looking at me for. Yeah, there, there was no answer on that one. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just funny. Like they put that in. Yeah, that was a cute moment. Um, I got uh, then I got more Cisco. We we we, we segued from classic lines, and now we're in the Cisco zone. <laughs> so this I thought was the most um, another bizarre character thing, uh, showing how he's not Picard, and like really, you're the mm-hmm. boss around here. So it's where it's where their best um, you know scam to get the, the so he gets bitched out by that. You know, you you and um, mm-hmm. well, he's really mad. So we better just give him over. <laughs> we better just give him to him. And someone should just say like, yeah, but those other aliens are really pissed. They he killed one of their guys, and Cisco's like, uh, well, we just we gotta slide <laughs> him through. We just gotta look, just get him out of here, and then whatever. So Odo's like, well, uh, okay. He's like, okay, what you're gonna do? You're gonna kind of like. You're gonna just sneak through next to this other ship. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna kind of wi- you're gonna wiggle through there, and and once you're through though, you're you're on your own. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you can, yeah. I don't know what you just Good get plan. him out of here, get him to their people, and then come back. So that's the plan. <laughs> just like never mind that those angry guys are here and they're watching us like hawks, but we we gotta get back. To, we gotta we gotta we gotta get him back to their his angry planet. Because they were really mad, you should have heard the way he talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> also, I gotta get dinner. I'm I'm late already, basically. So yeah, just slip out, get him back, come back. Yeah. Okay. Well, that maybe helps explain my question from earlier, which is like, well, what are the consequences of Odo giving Croden to the Vulcans and not following through on the mission? Like, are the Miradorns gonna be pissed? But if this whole operation was kind of under the radar, then maybe there aren't consequences and that it's uh makes a little more sense that odo did what he did oh uh, i didn't really pick up on that well here let me just let me share let's show cisco's explanation 
There's a Virgilian freighter leaving here for the Gamma Quadrant in an hour. Maybe we can use them to run interference between you and the Miradwan ship. I'll move the prisoner to the runabout right away. Constable. Once you're on the other side, you'll be on your own. The Miradwan vessel can outrun any of our runabouts. And if they do come after you, a warning from us will just point an arrow to you. Understood. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, so Interesting. this is a covert thing. Uh, you know, get him over there. Uh, it's just like, again, this murder happened on our property. Um, he needs to be on trial, but his, his people are, they don't want that. So fuck that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> just get him out of here. <laughs> get him out of here. And you are not a pilot, but you're going to, you know, just, you got to do it. And once you're through, yeah. think of something. <laughs> so good luck. Yeah. Good luck on this suicide mission is what I wrote it down as. Yeah, basically. Also, yeah, if this if the Miradorns have such an advanced vessel and like superior sort of tactical ability, why not send a pilot along with Odo? Because clearly that almost gets him killed later when he's unable to outrun or outmaneuver the Miradorn. And he has to have the prisoner pilot the ship. Yeah, or like, um, when do you call in the cavalry? You're like, you know, I'm out here. We got a murder with these two random aliens and that are both or neither of them are like from here, I guess. And so, uh, you know, who, I got. When do I call in the boss? Like, dude, you talk to this alien. He's really mad. <laughs> so, because he he's saying, just get him back here, and I don't. We don't care what you do with the with the victims. Because yeah. they're still gonna be there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I was confused. I think I, I had thought that uh, Odo's mission was to deliver uh, Croden to the Miradorns, but he wasn't. He was delivering Croden to his own people, right? Yeah, who want him for other crimes. Yeah, so they're going to be extra pissed at the Federation um, for following for not following through with what they said they were going to do, which was to deliver Croden. Yeah. Plus, the Miradorns are going to be pissed because now there's two dead Miradorns, and Odo basically killed them both when he shapeshifted out of glass and caused a melee that ended up with one of the twins dead and then later tricked the other twin into blowing himself up by firing a fo fo photon torpedo or a phaser or whatever it was in the middle of a flammable gas cloud. Yeah, that is um, the big finale of this episode, the giant mm -hmm. like middle finger question mark, <laughs> like um, fly into the cloud. Don't you see it's dangerous? Yeah, but he might not know we're there. Oh shit, he does know we're here. Fly deeper. And then he warns him, like, look, man, if you shoot at us, we're going to shoot at you. And he's like, whatever, I'm going to kill you now. The alien shoots a gun, which ignites the cloud, and they just scoot their way out, like, like you know, Indiana Jones running away from a bowling or from a, you know, giant rock, like that, mm -hmm. you know, or what, Star Wars, the thing's exploding and they got to fly out. Right. Um, and I'm like, well, why? <laughs> How did they not know that's going to happen? That was the plan. It's like, we're going we're gonna to get him to shoot himself. And then we just run away. How? Ah, I was like, that sucks. Like, yeah, kind of. Also, sort of story wise and ethically, it seems like the wrong thing to do for Odo to, you know, kill this other Miradorn who's only trying to avenge the death of his twin, uh, as is customary in his culture. Um. Yeah. So for Odo to be like, I'll blow him up and then we'll celebrate is a little weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And Mirdorns are going to be pissed, man. They're going to be pissed if they know about any of this, which I guess maybe they don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh... the rest of the butt, <laughs> the rest of the butt people. Yeah, here's another uh, <laughs> clip of uh, just uh, Cisco and actually Kira just and Anne O'Brien just being ineffective at their <laughs> at their jobs, <laughs> and which again remembers like what, what? When do we call in for help? Like. We got a situation here, an intergovernmental, intergalactical situation. Uh, so here. The Miradorn ship is leaving the station. Major, do whatever you can to delay them. Ops to Miradorn ship. Please hold your position. Stand by for departure instructions. No response. They're still moving. <laughs> <laughs> do what you can to delay that ship. Uh, uh, please stop flying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like a tractor beam, a tractor beam or something. So... Or fire a shot across the... Oh please, please God. stop. Yeah. <laughs> Do not... Please wait for something yeah. else. To, we're going to send you a message. And what is O'Brien doing back there? How many jobs does this fucking guy have? He's like running the comms, I guess, and sort of the narrating guy, narrating the happenings. But I thought he was like a kind of engineer, right? Like a fixer guy? Uh, things well, he can do, I think... I mean, I'm happy to see him. You know, in Next Generation, they had that center that center platform. They're all standing around like a like a buffet table. <laughs> and so... Yes. But then also, Jordy, Jordy could plug into the, the bridge side counter mm-hmm. computer, so he can probably okay. do that. Okay. All right, cool. Well, I'm happy to see him. I'm happy he's got a line or two in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... He, <laughs> again, like... Like... Uh, it's so funny, um, you know. The chain of command comes down. To, uh, they're you know they're leaving. Do whatever you can. Um, uh, please wait <laughs> while we send you a message later. Wait for us to call you back. <laughs> it and didn't then, work. But it was like they're they're still going, and she shakes her head like, "Oh, that was my best idea." <laughs> like <laughs> that is what she does. Oh, man. oh, Joe! They're trying. They're trying. Hey, you know what? It's this is the 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 jankiest starbase in the deepest reaches of the galaxy. So it's not the sort of upper crust, top tier sort of you know performers from any culture that ends up on the Deep Space Nine. Could be that they're the worst of the worst, <laughs> or. They were, you know, they're there. The Bajoran government is there. Weren't the Bajorans supposed to be a significant, um, yeah, I don't know, other culture? And, uh, yeah, all that stuff has kind of been set aside. That sort of, yeah, that sort of deeper mythology of that culture, um, has we haven't touched on that in a while. It's almost like they're waiting. Like, only thing that have come out of the wormhole is like trouble. Like, the Tosk Hunter guys came mm-hmm. out, this guy came out, uh, the asshole people came out. It's almost like everyone's just waiting for like for just money, just just shit out of it. Okay, now we're gonna come help you. N- now we're gonna come and set up and actually help you guys do something with right. this. That's right. Because up to now, it's just been trouble. Yeah. I know the uh, the wormhole was supposed to be a cash cow for the uh, for everyone involved, including the Federation. Um, it seems mm. like it's only been yeah pooping out uh, trouble. Um. Yep. What was I going to say? There was a bit of uh, character building that I enjoyed about this episode in terms of Odo's character um, in that I think it's introduced here that there's sort of a big mystery surrounding his origins and the uh, 
the uh, shapeshifter sort of race that he's mm-hmm. thinks maybe he's the only one. He's never met another person like him and that he wants to find other people like him, other shapeshifters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot. I forgot about that whole part of the Yeah. Plot. Yeah. So I think that, that that's set up here in this episode. I'm not sure if it was touched on too much earlier in the, in the show. So that was something productive that happened in this episode, sort of deepening his character and sort of, Yes. So he he thinks, as far as he knows, he's the only one of his type, and uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we told I totally didn't. I forgot about this part of the story where he Croden whispers to him like, you know, I've oh, you're just like the other changelings I've met, and he's like, what? You know other ones? He goes like, oh yeah, I know him, (laughs) and he's like, you know, and he whips out this little this little gel jelly gel Mm -hmm. pack thing to show him oh shit this looks like me and um and then odo agrees to fly him back to his home world but he knows yeah i'm not going to do that i'm going to get him to take me to this this changeling colony Mm -hmm. that's the real so cisco sends him on a covert mission to send him back and and Odo has a covert mission in the covert mission to take him actually to this changeling colony mm-hmm. where other people of his are. So, and then they land there and then Croden has a covert mission in the covert miss- mission in the covert mission to get <laughs> Odo to fly him to this asteroid where his daughter is sleeping, mm-hmm. who then wakes up and then, and then Croden wants to just turn himself in but give his daughter to Odo. Like you're now going to be her dad. <laughs> he just he just lays on him while they're while all of them are just you know a bunch of lying liars. <laughs> Everyone's just running lies, spinning webs like left and right. Yeah, and maybe that was what ultimately led to Odo sort of letting Croden go free. It's like, oh, I can't raise this. Why don't you just? Go with the Vulcans. Uh, you go. You'll be fine. You saved me after I was hit by the rock and uh, got somehow concussed in my non-existent brain. Yeah. And uh, you go with the Vulcans. Everything's cool. And I will go back to the space station. And 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 he's Croden's like, no, I don't know any changelings. There were there there were some centuries ago. Right. Uh, and then he says, but you are their type. You're so just right. and decent and uh, and i don't know when he says that but it's like dude you said you so you never met one yeah and you got this jelly this jelly thing you bought it from somebody it's a key to this sleeping chamber um so yeah odo should be like what the yeah. fuck you you played what, me yeah, and why am i nice to you my, my most sort of like secret and intense vulnerability against me uh yeah uh but then he he did save him from the the cave with the rock, so I guess that's makes up for it. Oh yeah, huh? Um, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I guess. But we haven't touched on that earlier in the series, the uh, Odo's origins and how he, because he's also he's from the Gamma Quadrant, right? He's from the other side of the wormhole, but the wormhole only popped up recently. So how did he get to D eight DS nine? And he's been working there for a long time when the show starts, right? So how did he get there? Um. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you, it's just do you like, care either? <laughs> uh, there's it's there's no like uh, <laughs> there's no point in trying to like puzzle it out because 
it just leads nowhere, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like. Well, it'll be revealed later on, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, I guess. Maybe we've only. Well, I remember when I was a kid, there was like a female one. There was a, a smaller, like, female Odo. Really? Spoiler. Yeah. Like well, how small? Like a foot hey. tall? Like a. <laughs> this is not. I di- this is just from my own memory, like from 25 years ago. Okay. That flipping channels that was like at one point like another one, which which yeah, there ha- th- this 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 character line is already set up. He's gonna find his people, so I can remember okay. there was one nice. at least at least one, maybe other mm-hmm. one. I don't know. I also remember similarly from flipping around as a fourteen year old that uh, at some point in the show, I believe there is going to be a goatee on Cisco's face. Oh yeah. Hmm. I remember as a boy, I thought his hair got turned upside down, that they flipped his head, <laughs> they f- turned his head upside down, <laughs> and his, but his face also got flipped upside down. <laughs> well, what have we learned? Well, this has been a good episode. We've learned, we've learned that, that Cisco is sort of like, not Cisco. we've learned that Odo is deeply concerned with understanding his origins. That's basically the big takeaway from this episode. Also, Cisco doesn't really care about protocols or the rules or maintaining peace with other cultures, so long as that it doesn't interfere with his five o'clock tea times. Hmm. Um, this yeah, one was a little, a little bit from the doctor. Um, like uh, I think Kira was angry about something. Really, at some point. Gosh, but I, don't, uh, I, don't I think remember. she was like kind of cranky or something. And. Any other characters who just like uh, oh Rom had kind of a funny thing where he he, he flipped on um, Quark is like Quark tells the bad alien like where did Odo go and then Rom's like oh good job now he'll be mad at them and we're safe and Quark says something like unless unless blah blah and Rom's like oh shit we're fucked. <laughs> Why did you do that? And I said, and I, and Rom was like supposed to be the dumbass who just realized something. And I'm like, I don't even know what they realized. I don't know what both A, I don't know what A was. I don't know what B was. So, so I'm like dumber than Rom in that scene. I'm like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I know. I was a little confused there too. Like I couldn't tell if Rom and Quark were on the same page or not um, about what was actually going on. Yeah. Um, more Rom. I want more Rom. I like him. He's a fun character. We'll see. Still looking for, uh, you know, the dress make the clothing. Yeah, maker. he needs to come back. Uh, I do appreciate making friends from time to time. Um, yeah. Well, and Worf at some point. It'd be nice to nice to see his frowning face on the show. At some point down the road. So I liked how this one had, uh, you know. Had some funny. Uh, let's see, you got all three. What is the trifecta? You got Cisco's weird mm-hmm. acting or speaking. You got for me, um, weird uh, character behavior. Like, uh, like, well, good luck on this. Good luck on this mission. I hope you'd make <laughs> it back. And then also, um, in a, like, uh, strange ineffectiveness by the staff when of course you're comparing it to the next generation like the right. uh stop them do whatever it is I know. which is nothing <laughs> ah we're fine i know on next generation they had to run a tractor beam and stopped it right there yeah cisco literally said do whatever you have to do to stop them uh yes attention vessel um please stop while we send you a message <laughs> they haven't stopped what do we do 
I guess nothing. Uh, nothing we can do. Yeah. So that's <laughs> maybe from now on, that's like the holy trinity for me. If those, if you can hit all. Three, well, what about the like, oh. sort of creature makeup that looks like genitalia? That's got to be. One yeah, of that's a bonus. That's, that's a, bonus. a recent. Uh, that's the. It's a recent bonus. It's the gravy on top. Yeah. Well. I guess that's going to do it for this one. Uh, We're hanging in there. Hanging in there. Moving along. Uh, I had a thought a moment ago, and I I don't know if it's true, but, uh, you know, this was our 11th episode. Uh, We don't do it every week. Every other week, sometimes we've let a month or two slip by. I'm wondering when we're going to come up on our one-year anniversary of the show. I think think we got a ways Mm. to go. I don't think we started it until the new year. So we'll see. Let's just put a pin in that thought and look it up. When that happens, though, maybe that'll be a good excuse to update our jingle once again. Oh, yeah. But we do hope our listeners enjoy this new version of the jingle updated by me with a few more little beloved uh, audio yeah. clips from our favorite show, from Joe's favorite show, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> this has been Deep Space Nine Time with Joe and Thomas. I'm Thomas. I'm Joe. We'll catch you next time. See you next time, everybody. How incredible this is! Welcome to DS9. It's a podcast. <laughs> Please! I can subscribe. Please! I do appreciate making new friends whenever I can. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>